Sigma Tiger News. Come and get that hot, juicy beef. What are we talking about today? Dark Matter Lab. What the heck is that? Nigerian Yahoo Boys. I don't know about all that. Whack Arnold's Axes the Snacks and Elon puts it in. You have arrived at Sigma Tiger News in all its glory with the Sigma Tiger. What are we talking about today? A whole bunch of interesting articles. If you just caught the intro, you are salivating at this beef. Check it out. Let's hop right in. China's new dark matter lab is the biggest and deepest yet. If you didn't know, China has been boring huge holes uh, into the earth just to see what's down there. How far can they get? Well... 33,000 feet, I believe, is the deepest they've been so far. Uh, so, what are they looking for? Dark matter. What's that? Well, we know matter. We're consist of matter. Everything is matter. I mean, consists of something tangible, okay? Particles, molecules. Well, when you look out in space, it's dark. It's black. There's nothing out there. It's a vacuum, okay? There's light. There's rocks. There's gas. Well, what's all the stuff in between? Well, scientists don't know. So they've decided to call it dark matter. And China's looking for it here on Earth. The entrance to the sprawling China Jinping Underground Laboratory, the world's biggest and deepest subterranean science lab. Well, there you have it. Some 2,400 meters below the Jinping Mountains in southwest China, the world's deepest and largest underground laboratory has just opened. The enormous space is home to scientists who are hunting down dark matter, the hypothetical substance that is thought to make up more than 80% of the mass in the universe. The China Jinping, Jinping Underground Laboratory, the CJPL, opened in 2010, and after three years of constructions, its second phase, the CJPL-2, became operational in December 2023. There you have it. Uh, with a sprawling capacity of 330,000 cubic meters, it now surpasses the Grand Sasso National Laboratory, the LNGS, in L'Aquila, Italy, or L'Aquila, uh, the previous record holder for both depth and volume. So, the Chinese aren't the first to try and find this stuff on Earth. And what happens if they do find it down there? The extra space has allowed experiments such as the particle and astrophysical xenon experiment, Panda-X, and the China Dark Matter experiment, C-Dex, to upgrade. It's amazing what they've been able to do in a decade, says Juan Collar, a physicist at the University of Chicago in Illinois. Dark matter remains a scientific mystery. Physicists have calculated that the gravity generated by visible matter is too weak to keep fast-moving galaxies from flying apart. So they theorized dark matter as the invisible glue holding the universe together. Although dark matter should be everywhere, it's proven difficult to directly observe because it's thought that it barely interacts with ordinary matter and it doesn't emit, reflect, or absorb light. Claims of detecting dark matter have been plagued by suggestions that the experiments might have been confounded by other signals. Scientific glory awaits those who first detect dark matter, and this ongoing quest is one of the biggest efforts in particle physics. Light under the mountain. Uh, best place to look for dark matter is underground because the layers of rock shield detectors from background noise, such as cosmic rays, high-energy particles, they shower down on Earth from space that can drown out potential dark matter signals, says Marco Selvi, a physicist 
at the National Institute of Nuclear Physics in Bologna. Attempting to detect dark matter on Earth's surface is like trying to hear a tiny voice of a child inside a stadium where everybody's shouting. And there you have it. It is absolutely impossible uh, based off of that. And uh, they're still looking. So can they turn up the microphones? Can they find it with these detectors? So the CDEX detector has been upgraded from capacity of 1 kilogram to 10 kilograms of germanium, which plans to build a detector array that contains one ton. If a dark matter particle slammed into this detector, the interaction should produce charges, which would be converted into electrical signals. U hopes to invite more international collaborators to join CDEX, which already includes researchers from India and Turkey. So basically they just have this giant machine down there, and it's like a detector for signals, and if a charge hits it of dark matter, then they'll be like, ooh, let's have a look at that. Keep it posted. New algorithm may greatly speed up the design of humanized antibodies that work. Well, what's this? Interesting image here. It looks like a bunch of strings, perhaps. Well, it's a 3D structure of an antibody's finger, the portion that binds to a target. In the late 19th century, physicians started treating human disease with blood serum extracted from immunized horses. Those extracts, which contaminated antibodies that target disease agents, often produce disastrous immunological responses. Of course, you're uh, taking substance from a different animal, inserting it into a human. What would you expect to happen? Well, they were willing to find out back then. In the late 20th century, researchers picked up the challenge once again, painstakingly humanizing animal antibodies to prevent a violent response from the patient's immune system. So there you go. They're humanizing an animal antibody. However, replacing an antibody's animal segments with human ones is laborious, time-consuming, and costly. Not only that, it can make an antibody less effective or even entirely useless. So this is the science that they're, they're operating with, okay? They're not necessarily editing genes of the human, they're just or antibodies, sorry, they're going ahead and uh, manipulating antibodies from an animal and engineering them, uh, humanizing them to interact inside a human body. The tiger is not interested. Antibodies are proteins that come in countless versions, each capable of neutralizing a specific pathogen after bonding to it like a key in a lock. These proteins are Y-shaped molecules whose upper section consists of two outstretched hands pointing in opposite directions, like a Y. The hands come with fingers that are incredibly variable, uh, which allow them to recognize and grab onto a virtually endless array of pathogens, whereas the Y stem region is fairly constant from one antibody to another. Even though an animal antibody often has the right fingers to bind to a human pathogen, the rest of the animal molecule might be identified by the human immune system as foreign invader that must be vanquished. And that's how the human body works. The immune response is when there's something inside the body that doesn't... Uh, uh, isn't congruent with its uh, organic material, it sends a signal. And the body's white blood cells or uh, antibodies, proteins, will attack and destroy. And sometimes it can do it to healthy cells, which would make you immunocompromised or have immunodeficiency or some, some sort. It's like altering the internal walls of a house without taking its foundation into accounts. And you can imagine, not good. Uh, potentially. Create a hard copy version of the top ranking antibodies and test them to see if this 
C-U-M-A-B and the hypothesis behind it were correct. Teamed together with several other labs, synthesized five different antibodies and tested them experimentally. One of those antibodies was created from a mouse version of an antibody that can stop the growth and spread of cancer cells. Well, it's all very promising and interesting, and if they're able to manipulate these genes in other animals uh, to discover these things, perhaps they'll be able to uh, manipulate these antibodies, sorry, uh, rather. We'll keep you posted on that. The missing mass. What? Something's missing? Mass? What's causing a geoid low in the Indian Ocean? So, uh, what could this be? Right? Anti-gravity. Well, if you look here at this map, it kind of looks like a infrared. You know what I mean? Like a temperature map. Well, it's not temperature. It's actually showing gravitation. Gravity. The strength of it. And you can see certain areas of Earth, the gravity is very strong. Like over here in Iceland here, near Greenland, in the Atlantic Ocean. Closer to the UK than Canada. And you look down here near Antarctica, the west coast of Africa. Uh, Papua New Guinea and uh, Southeast Asia. Red hot. But what about this over here at uh, the base of India? What could that be? A, bi a giant blue mark. An anomaly. The Earth's interior is still a mystery to us. While we have sent missions to probe the outer reaches of our solar system, the deepest boreholes on Earth go down to only a few kilometers, 33,000 feet. Uh, the only way to learn what's going on deep inside our planet, in the core, in the mantle, is by indirect methods. We don't have uh, an insight. Many of us might have seen those beautiful pictures of our round blue planet taken from space, but did you know that our planet actually looks like a bumpy potato? has its own share of deformations, non-uniform gravity because of the unequal distribution of mass. Okay, well that makes a little bit more sense now. Earth isn't a perfect sphere, it's kind of like a potato. Alright, so different parts of it would be denser mass, which could be causing more of a gravitational pull, because that's how gravity works in theory. The larger the mass, the larger the attraction. So here we go. Non-uniform gravity uh, the unequal distribution of mass and occasionally mountains and valleys created by the movements of tectonic plates. Those are the plates that cover the Earth's surface that move and when they come together causing earthquakes as well as uh, forming uh, mountains or perhaps ridges, things of the sort, valleys as well. Uh, usually they're created by glaciers though. Considering uh, that around three-fourths of our planet's surface is made up of oceans, these deformities affect the shape of the oceans too. If we remove the tides and currents from the ocean on the planet, they would settle into a smoothly undulating shape called a geoid, rising uh, wherever there is high gravity and sinking where gravity is low, creating what are known as geoid anomalies, such as that blue uh, uh, mass you've seen below India. Whose highs and lows are generated by uneven mass distribution within the deep earth. One such point of low gravity is found just south of the Indian Peninsula called the Indian Ocean Geoid Low, the IOGL. The Geoid Low spans a vast extent south of the Indian subcontinent and is dominated by significantly low of minus 106 meters or roughly 348 feet south of Sri Lanka. The existence of the Indian Ocean Geoid Low is one of the most outstanding problems in Earth sciences. Well, what's going on? Atri Ghosh, an assistant professor in the Center of Earth Sciences Indian Institute of Science in Bangalore, India, states, It is the lowest geoid gravity anomaly on Earth, and so far no consensus existed regarding its source. It is remarkable as it means there is some mass deficient in the deep mantle that's causing the low. A suggestion that there is a cavity there, a mass deficiency, 
a hole, if you will. A low gravitational potential would mean that the ocean surface itself would go down, she said. So far, uh, 100 meters, 328 feet geoid low in the ocean surface would dip down by 100 meters at that region. Recent study accepted for a publication in Geophysical Research Letters, a journal for the American Geophysical Union, Gosh, and her colleagues in collaboration with researchers from the GFZ German Research Center for Geosciences Germany, explored the reasons behind the mass deficit that is causing the geoid low. Several studies in the past have tried to explain this, most of them attributing it to remnant of an earlier plate that divided into Earth's mantle beneath another plate millions of years ago. However, there has been no convincing explanation of the source until now. In their study, the researchers used numerical models of mantle convection, a type of movement caused within a fluid where hotter or lighter material rise to the top and cooler and denser materials sink under the influence of gravity. To look deeper inside the Earth, they used seismic tomography models and use seismic waves to obtain a three-dimensional picture of Earth's interior. Studies showed that lighter material, low-density anomalies in the upper to mid-mantle below the IOGL seem to be responsible for the existence of the gravity low in this region. But what causes these low-density anomalies? Mantle plumes, upwellings of abnormally hot rock within the Earth's mantle. Magma, before lava uh, spews onto the Earth, uh, it's magma when it's underground. So there's a mantle plume exists in this part of the world. To explain this, researchers had to investigate the neighboring regions of the Indian Ocean geoid low. Interestingly, they found that there was a hot material rising from the African Large Low Shear Velocity Province, LLSVP, or the African Superplume. This was getting deflected eastward and terminating at the base of the low-density region beneath the ocean low. The deflection is possible due to the fast motion of the Indian plate. So basically, they're just saying it's a bunch of magma that's slurping and glurping all over the gaff. So no worries, there is no underground fortress just yet. We'll keep you posted on any anomalies there around the globe. And what do we have here? We got Whack Arnold's. And uh, what do they sell? Hamburgers and french fries. Well, guess what? There's a full list of five items being axed. They're axing some snacks from McDonald's menu in days, including the best burger ever released, quote-unquote. Uh, it's not bad, all bad news because it's adding six new treats, too. Well, let's dive right in. Many people enjoy Wacky D's, uh, Rotten Ronnie's. Uh, the others are leaving the menu on February 6th, just after a month after they joined. Several foodies said the burger was the McDonald's best ever had and best on the menu. And what are they talking about here? The beloved Steakhouse Stack Burger is out of here. Two beef patties, a slice of cheddar cheese, crispy onions, red onions, and a lettuce topped with a creamy peppercorn sauce, all on a toasted bun. One wrote, this is one of the best burgers I've ever tasted. Had a really nice kick to it, and a peppercorn sauce is my fave. Would definitely recommend it. There you have it. Another declared, definitely the nicest burger from McDonald's ever. Serious combination of flavors. Love it. Not serious enough uh, to avoid being cut. Foodies have been left gutted that the burger is being cut from the menu. All right, what else do we got here? Fajita chicken wrap cannot be removed, please. The fajita chicken wrap, which was introduced on menus January 2020, is also being uh, axed, unfortunately. Uh, both the Cadbury and uh, Caramel McFlurry and Dairy Milk, they're gone. Basically, the Dairy Milk and Vanilla Ice Cream without our sweet caramel sauce or chocolate sauce. So here we have it. The Steakhouse Stack, Cadbury Dairy Milk McFlurry, Cadbury Caramel McFlurry, Cheesy Garlic Bites, and the Fajita Chicken One. What's being added? We got the Kit Kat Ruby Chocolate McFlurry, probably just in time for uh, Valentine's Day. Go ahead and take your date there and watch how impressed she is. The pie is a crispy pink pastry filled with a smooth white chocolate ganache and a raspberry compote. 
Wow, unbelievable. Makes it sound delicious. Big Tasty. Big Tasty with bacon or back. Beef patty, melty cheese made with emmental, tomato, lettuce, onions, an iconic Big Tasty sauce. Mozzarella dippers, probably some sort of deep fried cheese. That's not all though, breakfast wraps also hitting the breakfast menus. So there you have it, uh, raspberry white chocolate pie, big tasty, big tasty bacon, mozzarella dippers with salsa dip. So if you want to go ahead and poison yourself with some absolute trash, go ahead and head down to your local Whack Arnold's and put in your order for a hamburger and fries for $20. Now that's some fast food. All right, China's internet reacts to Texas and the U.S. Uh, federal government state of war, quote unquote. Uh, so what's going on in Texas? Well, uh, Eagle Pass is inside of a park and there's migrants flowing through there, illegal uh, migrants by the tens of thousands a day and uh, Governor Abbott was like mm, no, nah, we're shutting this down, raise a wire that up public's not allowed in, they can go to the park next door but that's fine, federal agents were like oh, well, you know, we're kind of letting these guys through, like we're trying to like, you know let them do their thing Texas was like, no, it's too crazy, give it up National Guard in Federal agents out. So then it goes to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court says, Woo, well, you know, we're going to have to let them in. You know, we got to let them in. And they're allowed to do what they want. Even though they might not, they're going to do what they want. And Texas is like, uh uh, forget it. We're not doing it. So the Chinese are over there, probably like, What's going on in America? The land of the free. Well, they're at war with each other? Of course, they're going to take this a little wild. The battle of wills over immigration continues between the White House and Texas Governor Greg Abbott. A parallel debate is happening in China, where trending social media posts are backing the Lone Star State's right to secede from the United States. And I believe in Texas's uh, constitution, their state uh, legislation, they've put in somewhere that uh, they can still secede from the United States uh, differently from other states. I believe. I could be totally wrong on that. Anyway, Weibo, it's a microblogging site in China. They don't have a lot of the same ones we have. It's banned. So they have some in-house Weibo. It's basically like an all-in-one. It's trying, what, trying to be what uh, uh, X is trying to be, like Weibo. You have some like social media, banking, all kinds of stuff in there. So the American Border Control Authority said over a quarter of a million migrants attempted to enter the U.S. illegally last month alone. 250,000. That's more than any month since 2000. So if you get 250,000 a month, then in a year you're getting, what, 3 million? 4 million a month? Or a year, sorry, 4 million. And I think that is uh, conservative. He declared a crisis and invasion and vowed to continue beefing up security and following the Supreme Court's ruling allowing federal border agents to dismantle Texas border fortifications. China's highly regulated social media websites on Monday. One Weibo account with nearly 1.2 million followers weaved fact and fiction to a misleading account of the Texas border row, alleging Abbott was preparing to go to war with the U.S. federal authorities. No, not necessarily, but the National Guard is out there. Uh, I hope both sides will not be cowardly and they will fight to the end. Of course, they want to see uh, China or America fall. Uh, if you're a communist, that's the one thing you want to see happen. If you're a true communist, you want the free world to end. Uh, some discuss the history of Texas and the comment section. It's people's well-known independent streak and the state's right to succeed from the Union. Although they were, although they, the U.S., are in a civil war, it does not prevent their stock market from continuing to reach new highs. And absolutely it is. It is rocketing up there. And we'll be covering that on Sigma Tiger Trade right after this. 
So go ahead and get in there. So the Chinese are overreacting. The netizens are saying this and that. Big deal, whatever. So what's going on here? New long COVID study uncovers high inflammation in patients as Senate calls for more research on the crisis. So yeah, what is long COVID? We've covered this several times. Uh, I believe that some people have come out and stated it's all in the head. There's been some research that they can't really identify exactly what it is. It's just a bunch of symptoms that won't go away. Uh, I believe they're calling it a syndrome, which could be like a little bit up inside. Uh, let's find out. The study followed 113 patients at four different hospitals in Switzerland. A new study in science is shining light on the continuing impact of long COVID, with research revealing further and continuing health concerns for some of the 16 million sufferers in the U.S. So 16 million people have reported having uh, ongoing symptoms uh, after infection of the COVID um, virus. Long COVID is a syndrome or collection of symptoms that continue or develop after an acute COVID-19 infection and can last weeks, months, or years. There's no test confirmed symptoms are related to long COVID. Sometimes it, some scientists suggest that long COVID is caused by overactive immune cells, but the exact cause remains unclear. The study followed 113 patients at four hospitals in Switzerland with the mild and severe COVID-19 and found that 40 had symptoms of long COVID at six months, 22 whom had persistent symptoms at 12 months. There you have it. They looked at blood samples from 40 who experienced long COVID symptoms, compared them to controls who were not infected with COVID-19 and found that those who had long COVID had evidence of inflammation, increased complement activity, blood cell uh, dysregulation, hemolysis, and uh, platelet activation and tissue injury in their body. So basically what they're saying is that they, uh, if you have long COVID, uh, likely you're going to have inflammation within the body. Inflammation is just swelling, you know? Um, and as well, they're saying that it looked like there's some issue with the blood cell dysregulation, as well as tissue injury in their blood. The specific details from the small study may help provide a basis for new diagnostic solution, according to the researchers for the condition, with no cure or FDA-approved treatment. So they're studying this. They're trying to get through it. And if you're suffering, uh, hold tight with your patients, and hopefully we'll find out what's exactly happening there. Uh, Japan's new solar panel technology might forever alter the renewables market. Yeah, so right now, uh, China is leading the way with uh, with solar, solar panels. So let's go ahead. Uh, Japan is stepping in and saying, guess what? We've got some too. Solar panels have traditionally been made with silicone, over which China has had a majority market control. Eager to limit China's stranglehold over the solar market, countries have been searching for a different way to harness the sun. Now Japanese engineers believe they have found one in a type of solar cell that looks and feels like camera film which I felt, uh, you know, solar panels kind of look like that anyway. But uh, the material now is different. The cell uh, uses perovskite, a crystalline structure formed by minerals that convert sunlight into electricity. The perovskite cell was invented by Japanese scientists at Toyin University of Yokohama, Professor uh, Sutomu uh, Mayasaka. Iodine is the key element used to manufacture the solar film, of which Japan is the world's second largest producer. Well done. So the... Uh, scientist here has found a way to manufacture this with something they have access to in abundance. Well done. Research into using uh, perovskite for solar power has been happening during the past decade. However, the structure was less efficient than the typical silicone panels and would degrade under humid conditions. Silicone cells 
Silicon solar cells are great because they're very efficient and can last for a very long time, but the high efficiency comes with a high cost. Zhuen Gong, assistant professor of chemical engineering at the University of Michigan, who studies perovskite semiconductors, said in a statement, to make a high purity silicone, temperatures over 1000 degrees Celsius are needed. Otherwise, the efficiency won't be as good. So high energy, it's going to cost money to produce. To boost efficiency, perovskite was previously used in tandem cells inside glass-covered silicon panels, but now technology is allowed silicon-free perovskite cells to match traditional silicon panel efficiency. While humidity remains an issue, the perovskite panels have the potential to be more widely applied. Panels themselves are thin, light, and flexible, unlike their silicone counterparts. Let's say if you live in an apartment and you don't have your own roof, you can still put perovskite cell on your balcony. Mayasaka told the journal, think of them as a household appliance. And there you have it. They're saying you can get these. You can't necessarily put them on your roof because humidity is an issue, but you might be able to uh, put them outside for periods of time to uh, give you a supplemental energy source. As of right now, the technology is very preliminary. We'll keep you posted. What's going on here? Sextortion training materials found in TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, and YouTube, according to a new report. Uh-oh, not good. Yahoo Boys is an informal network of cyber criminals who have gained cultural clout over the last several years in the West African region. So if you don't know, Nigerians have been uh, notoriously known for their scams, email scams, you know what I mean, uh, lottery scams, uh, most of it email based or, or, or digitally. I mean, there's some phone call scams, you know, call your grandma, tell her she needs to send you some money and uh, get her to send it to him. So a former cybercrime called financial sextortion is rapidly rising in North America and Australia. The major portion driven by non-organized cybercriminal group in West Africa who call themselves Yahoo Boys. According to a new study from the Network Contagion Research Institute, the NCRI, sextortion is a crime that involves adults coercing kids and teens into sending explicit images online. According to the FBI, the criminals threaten their victims with wide distribution of explicit images, including to the victim's friends and family, unless the victims pay them repeatedly through a variety of peer-to-peer -peer payment apps, cryptocurrency transfers, and gift cards. Boom, there you have it. Do not reveal yourself to someone online, even if it seems like uh, it could be pleasurable or you might get something in return. Definitely do not. And they might even send you photos of or images of someone who is in the nude. Well, guess what? Uh, it's probably not them. Do not send pictures of yourself. Maybe you should perhaps uh, Google search some erotic photos uh, and send those. And you know what I mean? Do a little bit of uh, catfishing yourself. If that's the thing you're into, I don't, I don't condone any of that behavior. I think it's all disgusting. Uh, yeah. So if you, if someone writes you a message and they're attractive and they arouse your senses, show some refrain and keep it inside your pants, because these guys, the Yahoo boys, are gonna get you. Okay? They're gonna send pictures to your mama, pictures to your papa, grandma, granddaddy brothers, sisters, friends, anyone, even your boss. They'll send it anywhere. They don't care. And if you get sassy, then guess what? They'll probably send it to everybody after you send them the money anyway. These people don't care. The accused party allegedly promised his marks, who Yahoo boys often refer to as clients, that they would delete or at least refrain from distributing the photos if they would send money through apps like Venmo, Cash App, and Zelle, cryptocurrency transfers through Bitcoin with a Binance account, or gift cards. As soon as they paid, however, the victims would face new threats and pressure to keep making payments, the filing said. So dangling that old carrot in front of them, and every time the donkey goes to take a bite, they pull it up.
There you go. Nope, not yet. We're going to need a little bit more uh, walking here, donkey. And we need to, you to walk to the bank machine and go ahead and Venmo us some more cash. So keep it in your pants, ladies and gentlemen, because there are uh, sextortionists all over the gaff. Moonlander, Japan's slim, reactivates and gets to work. Could you believe it? Here we have an image of uh, Japan's rig they sent up to the moon. Uh, booster nozzle, solar panel, intended orientation in the solar panel and the booster nozzle. So you can see it landed uh, on its side. And uh, it seems to have righted itself. After Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency, JAXA, re-established contact with his moon lander on Sunday night, the craft started to study its surroundings in detail and transmit new images to Earth. The lander is carrying out analysis that could inform future much longer missions to the moon. One lunar scientist told BBC News, Now we're really seeing the science. Yeah, well done, everybody. So there's a bulldog, there's the Akitenu, the Shibainu, St. Bernard, the Kaken. Seems like they're all named after dogs. The toy poodle. Uh, the craft is a very awkward angle. The picture captured by the small baseball-sized robot called Sora-Q, which was ejected from Slim moments before touchdown, showed the lander face down on the lunar surface. That the left, uh, its solar panels facing away from the sunlight and unable to generate power, decision was taken to put the lander into sleep mode and conserve what power remained less than three hours after it landed. That tactic appeared to have worked. A change in the direction of the sunlight has now awoken the craft. The mission team has already been able to study images of the landing site and have picked out specific rocks in the area and given each one a name of a dog breed. Apparently, to give an indication of the size of each rock, on Monday the team released a gray rocky close-up image. This was the lander's scientific camera zooming in on a rock that has been named Toy Poodle. And there you go, a, a beautiful grainy image, worthless to anybody trying to study it. Uh, so, what is the point of it? Detailed geology is the cherry on the ice and cake, said Dr. Barber. The mission is already a success in my mind. I think engineering so far has been fantastic. So, they have an image of the uh, landing site, um, the Shioli Crater, which is just south of the moon's equator. And then you clear how the long the craft will be able to operate. It all hinges on the angle of the sun and solar panels. So, it's there, it's getting pictures, and it is pretty much a lost cause. So, what else do we have here? Obelisks. Well, what's an obelisk? It's usually like a big, uh, large stone, um, you know, formation could be. Uh, typically, it's man-made. If you look at Stonehenge, those would be considered obelisks. Well, guess what? Entirely new class of life has been found in the human digestive system, and they've named them obelisks. Let's have a look here. Scanning electron micrograph of human microbium samples. This is what it looks like inside your guts uh, when it's getting down to business tearing all that food apart. Peering into the jungle of microbes that live within us, researchers have stumbled across what seems to be an entire new class of virus-like objects. It's insane, says University of North Carolina cell biologist Mark Pfeiffer, who was not involved in the study, told Elizabeth Panisi at Science Magazine, the more we look, the more crazy things we see. These mysterious bits of genetic material have non-detectable sequences or even structural similarities known to any other biological agents have no detectable sequences or even structural similarities known. So, yeah, there you go. This thing is complete mystery. So Stanford University biologist Ivan Zuludov uh, and colleagues argued their strange discovery may not be viruses at all, but instead an entirely new group of entities that may help bridge the ancient gap between the simplest genetic molecules and more complex viruses. Obelisks comprise of a class of diverse RNAs that have colonized and gone unnoticed in human and global microbes. Microbiomes. 
rather. Uh, named after the highly symmetrical rod-like structures formed by its twisted lengths of RNA, the obelisk's genetic sequence are only around 1,000 characters, nucleotides, in size. In fact, this brevity is likely one of the reasons we failed to notice them previously. So they have technology to zoom in on these now with the micrograph, the electron micrograph, so he has not been peer-reviewed as uh, Zaludev and uh, team searched 5.4 million data sets of public genetic sequences and identified almost 30,000 different obelisks. They appear in about 10% of the human microbiome. Microbiomes, apologies. Uh, the team examined in one set of data, obelisks turned up in 50% of patients' oral samples. What's more, different types of obelisks appear to be present in different areas of our body. Supports in those that obelisks might be uh, include colonists of said human microbiomes. Microbiomes. I'll say it eventually. I'll get it. All right, this ability to code for proteins makes them different from other known RNA loops called viroids, but they also don't seem to have the genes to make protein shells that RNA viruses, including COVID-19, live within when they're outside of cells. There are also significantly larger than other genetic molecules that coexist inside cells from plants to bacteria called plasmids, which are more commonly composed of DNA. They couldn't identify any impact of the obelisk's on their bacterial host or a means by which they could spread between cells. The elements might not even be viral in nature and might be closely resemble RNA plasmids. So they found it and they don't know what it is. They don't know what it does. They haven't been able to notice anything. We'll keep you posted. Moving right along, U.S. failed to stop attacking Jordan. If you don't know, uh, we're popping off. We're at 11.48, I think now, 12 minutes away from uh, complete annihilation. Uh, some people believe nuclear annihilation is 10 seconds away on the, uh, the nuclear clock. Well, we're looking at the uh, the war clock here, the the Tiger War Clock, and we're at 11:48. Houthis attacking uh, military ships. Um, we also have Pakistan and Iran kind of lighting it up on their militant groups, and then uh, a militant group in Jordan goes ahead and attacks uh, American assets, and three U.S. military service people end up uh, dead. Unfortunately, we pray for them. Um, God rest their souls. So what happened? How are they not able to detect this? They can shoot missiles out of the sky, with lasers now, you know? So why couldn't this little drone be detected? Don't they have radar in and around? Well, guess what? You know, maybe it's a little human error. So here you have a map, what's going on. We've got Syria, Jordan, Iraq, all bordering each other, and then Tower 22. So what happened? There's an image there of what it looked like. The tower uh, was struck by a drone. Let's go ahead and have a deeper look. The U.S. failed to stop a deadly attack on American military outpost in Jordan when the enemy drone approached its target at the same time a U.S. drone was returning to base. So there was two coming. And they're like, oh yeah, it's just, that's our drone, man, don't worry. Oh, wait a minute. No, it's not. So the return of the U.S. drone led to some confusion over whether the incoming drone was friend or foe. Officials have concluded so far, though they cautioned the inquiry into the attack was in the early stages. So they're basically saying there's confusion. We've noticed that there was someone else. And here we go, uh, Anthony Blinken with his face of like, mm, I don't know what happened there. And Elon finally puts it in. We've been waiting so long. And Elon goes ahead and implants the brain chip in its first human. Here we go. Neuralink. We're in. So what's it like? What's it feel like to have that thing put inside you? Elon's Neuralink, billionaire founder, said on Monday, the first human patient received an implant from the brain chip startup on Sunday and is recovering well. Initial results show promising neuron spike detection. There you have it, Musk said in a post on social media platform X. The U.S. Drug Administration had given the company clearance 
last year to conduct its first trial to test its implant on humans. The first product from Neuralink would be called Telepathy. Musk said in a separate post on X, the startup's prime study is a trial set for the wireless for its wireless brain-computer interface to evaluate the safety of the implant and surgical robot. The study will assess the functionality of the interface, which enables people with quadriplegia or paralysis of all four limbs to control devices with their thoughts. According to the company's website, Neuralink opened the study trial for recruitment last September, did not immediately respond to Reuters' request uh, on details. Neuralink has faced calls for scrutiny regarding its safety protocols. Reuters reporter reported earlier the month that the company was fined for violating U.S. Department of Transportation uh, rules re regarding the movement of hazardous materials. Uh, last November, four U.S. lawmakers asked the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission to investigate whether Musk committed securities fraud by allegedly misleading investors about the safety of the brain implant being developed by Neuralink. Technology will mainly work through an implant called The Link, a device about the size of five stacked coins that is placed inside the human brain through an invasive surgery. Of course, they have to enter the brain. So going to go in there. It's invasive. According to the data company PitchBook, last year, California-based Neuralink had more than 400 employees and raised at least $363 million. Congratulations, Elon. Though he wins most of the headlines, Musk is hardly alone in trying to make advances in the field, which is officially known as Brain Machine or Brain Computer Interface Research. Hit with delays, the tycoon had reportedly reached out to join forces with implant developer Synchron about potential investment. You, Unlike Neuralink, its implant version does not require cutting into the skull to install it. The Australia-based Synchron implant is the first device in a U.S. patent in July 2022. And we covered, it could be the same one, uh, that there's some sort of cap they put on your head with uh, electrodes that can actually take your thoughts and create images. So there you have it. Go ahead and weep for me, um, Mediatina. Go ahead. The whining liberal mainstream media journalists now facing layoffs. We have CNN, uh, RE Count, Vice, BuzzFeed, and Gannett. All these people with mass layoffs. The Tiger here, uh, living large and in charge. Executive producing, directing, and starring in his own uh, news program. Overheads very low. Uh, zero editing. We're one live feed. And there you have it. We'll be going uh, live streaming very shortly. We're entering the TikTok and uh, the YouTube shorts very soon, probably in a couple of weeks. So guess what? You ignored the facts and pushed a partisan agenda. In other words, you effed around with the truth, and now you are finding out. Fafo, the consequences of your actions. Yeah, go ahead. The truth matters, okay? Honesty, integrity, respect. They're all kind of like, you know, intertwined. They're uh, symbiotic, I would think. And uh, you can command respect you can demand respect but it's definitely something that needs to be earned you can want it but you might not receive it it's kind of like an ice cream you know what i mean you can lose it if you don't protect it it'll melt right so uh respect honesty integrity honesty is number one you are only as good as your word a man is only worth his word okay so if you start breaking your word it's gonna be harder to put that thing back together so go ahead, tell the truth, no matter what. If it hurts momentarily, it'll definitely not hurt forever. Go ahead, tell the truth. Sigma Tiger, signing off.